4: Hope you're doing well. Today is a uh, Wednesday. What's that mean? That means the midway. We'll get to that in a second. We're broadcasting live from the Tireac.com studios. Tireac.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tireac.com. The way tire buying should be. Uh, we'll hear from Braden Staley upcoming. Then Dana Jeremiah will join us. We've got the press. But middle of the day, middle of the show. Let's get to the midway. It's not good. Getting- it's time for
0: Stuck in the Middle,
4: The Midway. Okay there, Jason Stewart. What do you got in Midway?
5: Hey, guys, what's, uh, what cliches or broadcast phrases are are you just about sick of and it sh- they should be retired for good? I bring that up because um, I have felt for a long time now that any time an analyst goes with the phrase, you know, he's not a rookie anymore around this time of year. I I think that's just a lazy kind of layup thing to say. Everyone knows that. I think the first the person who first said it is probably pretty proud because it's lasted about twenty five years and it's it's just tired. Uh, Damian Woody today on Get Up. Uh, this is where I got the idea for this for this uh, part of the show. Right? He said that uh, Brock Purdy, he's not a rookie anymore. And so not only was he kind of lazy for saying it, but I think he's wrong. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys. If Brock Purdy was the number one guy in the offseason getting all the number one reps and he was the guy to start the season, maybe even if he was the backup quarterback uh, getting the backup reps in the preseason and the offseason, that would be one thing. But this is the, he's the third guy in this season, and he's only played like six or seven games. So not only is that phraseology uh, old and tired, but it's just wrong. Brock Purdy's a rookie. He is a rookie. When he plays this weekend, he'll be a rookie. Um, That's a phrase that I think should be put to rest. And while I'm at it, guys, uh, I know it's a fairly new one, but I'm already sick of it. Could we stop saying um, he could spin it as opposed to he could throw the ball
4: real well? Yeah.
5: Are you guys uh, sick if he could spin it? or Are I'm, you good I'm, I'm with not, using I'm that? Not,
4: more? I'm not. I'm not sick if he, okay. he could spin it. Okay. I, uh, the the he's a rookie thing is is one. Uh, what about you? What about you, Dan Byer? Yeah,
6: I'll tell you what I'm sick of is Jason going back for seconds before we even fill our uh, plate.
4: Ha.
6: Like he always throws the, these things <laughs> out, like three or four of them before we can even go around. Do it's you like, understand?
5: Do you understand that uh, my uh, my intentions are to ins- inspire you guys yes. to give you guys examples to so be like, I, you know what? I'm glad he gave me that second one because it made me think of the one I'm to
6: I I was inspired when he sent the text two hours ago to be like, "Hey, you may have a heads up." You know what? You know what I don't like? <laughs> Drop that pass. That's why he plays defense on a defensive uh. back who like doesn't get the interception, and it's because his hands are just nubs. Like he that's there was no way he was going to be a receiver. He has two bricks his hands and a coach. His junior year in high school said, You know what, you're not gonna catch passes for us. Get on the defensive side of the ball. Like that's like the background too. Like, that's why he plays defense. Um well why are the Dolphins dropping all the passes in Buffalo? Then maybe they maybe they should all play defense. I don't like that one. <laughs> that annoys me.
5: You never hear it the other way around. Like after that would be a cool thing if like, you heard Troy Aikman be like, after a dropped pass, he'd be like, They should put that guy on defense. Yeah. <laughs> Put Tyree Kill at corner.
4: Um,
6: Doug, you're up on the, the I've never,
4: in, I, I mean, and maybe this is more fans than cliche on TV, but the, well, they just wanted it more. They just wanted it more. Like, That's a good one. I, it's one of the more annoying phrases ever. They just wanted it more. They just wanted it more. Um, also, this is more of a TV thing is how many guys are top five quarterbacks? Because the last time I checked, only five can be top five quarterbacks. And yet, we just throw out a top five quarterback. Uh, top five quarterback is like Pro Bowl, Pro Bowler, where eventually, like, everybody's in the Pro Bowl. That's true. And there can only be one GOAT, too. Correct. Oh, he's the GOAT. Well, GOAT is greatest of all
7: time. Greatest of all time. John? Um, well, mine is always going to be uh, the ever-changing, never-changing, unbelievable play. I've never seen that before. Um, it's so incredible. I can't believe what I just saw. Uh, those have been used, uh, Jack Buck used that one time because it was a World Series game that led to <laughs> something else to, to, to finish a World Series, not for just some generic play in the middle of a season. You know, Some guy sh- shoots a half-court shot and makes it like, I can't believe that play! It's like, yeah, you did, because it just happened. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe it doesn't happen a lot, but it's just that I don't believe it happened in front of me. It's like, come on, man. I'm so done with that.
6: I heard an unbelievable during a college football game this year when the punt was downed at the eight-yard line.
1: That's unbelievable. Can you believe that? Can you believe Unbelievable
6: that? punt. That is unbelievable. There's that, that old phrase. Is it like, was also in an Iowa game, so that was very believable,
5: actually. A lot of punts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, if everything is if everything is great, I think that's a note for most broadcasters, right? If everything is great, nothing's great. That's correct. If everything's unbelievable, then nothing's unbelievable. There needs to be choose another superlative in there. Um, I th- I could have sworn uh, John was going to go with his old standby. The I old, have another uh, standby. What's this well, one? How about the? Um, what if
7: I would have told you? Oh! <laughs> Don't you love it when when analysts go to that one? Look, if I would have told you. That that guy would have caught the ball, then the Rams wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. Like nobody didn't catch the ball, and therefore they were in the Super Bowl. So
5: no, if I would have told you that uh, Josh J- Dan Dan, you're a big um, fantasy guy, right? Yes, you, you've got you've got the podcast. Um, I want to feel your flex.
6: <laughs> I want your flex. I Thank feel you. Your yeah. flex.
5: If if I were to tell you that Josh Jacobs would lead the NFL in rushing yards, <laughs> would you have drafted him? <laughs> You
7: I hey, forgot about you, that. One. You'd be
6: a very rich man. Yeah, you know, very rich. Really?
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> like there were
6: like there were eight million to one odds on Josh Jacobs.
4: <clears throat> I mean, look, your favorite one we haven't mentioned, which is just how you drew it up. Just how you drew it up. <laughs> just how you drew it up.
5: That is my favorite. And um, and by the way, I I need to thank my guy Kyle Brandt for doing my exact rant on his TV show but he didn't just he didn't steal it he gave me credit and right for it. now cl- oh um, <laughs> all right what about when a, a ball goes into the uh, like the sidelines or even into the stands and some uh, some like the guy makes like a decent catch maybe even like a one-hander Somebody inevitably says, "Sign him up! Sign him up! Get that guy some pads! Sign sure him up! Sure couldn't hurt." That—that's that's always the follow-up. Sure couldn't hurt. Like there's some kind of no, it could. No, we can't. We can't have the guy that holds holds the boom mic on the sidelines in pads. That would hurt your team. That we can't play him. Funny. Funny.
6: Buy any more? Um, I, I've got a lot of gripes. Go and I just don't.
7: I love well, Dad's been, gripes. I this is it. good.
6: There, there is something like when, and this may be athlete specific, but when an athlete jumps in the booth and immediately becomes media member, like there are a lot of times during playing days, it's the well you didn't play the game sort of thing, like you never played. And I get like like the whole Manning cast thing on Monday, which by the way, I watched the main broadcast because it was an actual playoff game. Like, I didn't want to be distracted because it was a playoff game. I watched the main broadcast, but I heard the whole Peyton's like, we never did any halftime adjustments. I had had never heard a player say that. I think that is great, great content. exactly. And and if that's true, then players have been holding back. But when people say, like, you don't play the game, you don't know what you're talking about, and then immediately a player gets into the booth and is like, got to catch those. Yeah, I know you do. Like, it hit him in the hands. <laughs> Why didn't he catch it? You know, was he looking at the route? Was, what was he doing? And, you know, it, it actually pains me more when in, in that athlete conversion market.
5: That's a good one.
4: Yeah. Got to catch those. Got to catch yeah. those. Huh. Uh, Jay do any more? No, I think we're good. That was good. Thanks, guys. The Midway. That was a good one. That was a good topic. Um, some of them, though, like you, you don't know it till you hear it. And I, Troy, did one the other night. Like the the series before, he said, you know, uh, Dak's just not seeing it tonight. And then all of a sudden, he throws a good pass. Like, boy, Dak is really seeing it tonight. Like, wait, I was paying attention five minutes ago when he said he wasn't. <laughs>
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
3: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Six seconds to go. He'll drive to the left, towards the baseline. Loses the ball. He's on the floor. One second to go.
5: It's over. It's over. It's over. Kansas State has won the game. 83. 83- the Wildcats have upset the second-ranked team in the country.
4: Crazy game last night in the Octagon of Doom. That was the progressive play of the day. Progressive is making things easier. They help you bundle your home, car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. At Wyatt Thompson on Learfield Sports. Kansas State uh, beats Kansas 83-82 in overtime uh, crazy game, crazy rivalry considering Kansas has still, uh, is, is what, 30 sixth all-time at Kansas State's Bramlage Coliseum. Um, let, let's get to some NFL football. Brandon Staley yesterday, we found out, relieved uh, Joe Lombardo, his offensive coordinator of his play-calling duties. He actually relieved him of his job and his quarterback coach as well. Here's Brandon Staley at his press conference.
8: We definitely improved as a franchise this season. You know, we, we took a step as a franchise and we, you know, earned ourselves a, a spot in the tournament. And, you know, I think um, I'm as frustrated as anybody that's a Chargers fan over what happened because there's no one that's investing as much as we are in what happened.
4: So, it's like, look, I'm as frustrated as anybody, so I'm going to fire somebody else, right? But the, the fact is that one touchdown in 18 third quarters – there, there's something there. Uh, the inability to establish a running game. And, and some of that is you don't have your all-pro left tackle. You didn't have other members of, you know, Corey Lindsay, your your starting center, missed parts of the season. Um, but some of the, you know, one of the injuries, Mike Williams' injury, was brought on by Brandon Staley playing him. And playing him extensively with the limited roster in Week 18. Let's, um, let's get to Dan Byer. And then we'll bring in Daniel Jeremiah, who, of course, covers the Chargers as well as the rest of the league in a second. Dan, what else is going on in the world You, know, you
6: know, Doug, you know how they name, like, crazy games or crazy plays, Minneapolis Miracle, you yeah. know, the catch? I've got one for the Chargers-Jaguars game. Oh, don't. Game.
4: Come on. You're just going to pour salt in the wound. Go ahead.
6: <laughs> you ready? hmm Staley's Vomit. How about that? I like that. A playoff of Haley's comets. I, I, I got it. Yeah, but it's Staley's vomit. Vomit. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, no laugh from John Ramos. So <laughs> well, <did> not. <laughs> what, what did
7: you, you didn't like? You didn't no, like John? I, I did. I, yeah, no. I laughed. I laughed. I just didn't laugh on the year. Yes, I'm sorry.
6: Yes, thank you very much. I, I got a smirk <laughs> from one uh, Jason Stewart and one from Doug Gottlieb. I appreciate that. All right, the Jaguars are moving on. They've got the Chiefs on Saturday. The AFC Divisional matchup on Sundays. the Bengals and Bills. Bills getting wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie back. Full participant in practice today. He missed the contest over the Dolphins because of a hamstring injury, but he should go on Sunday. At some point this weekend, Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey will interview with the Panthers for their head coaching base. Jets are talking with former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett about their offensive coordinator position. While the Falcons are looking for a defensive coordinator, they're interviewing former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio for that job. Phoenix Suns forward Cam Johnson expected to return from his two-month absence tomorrow against the Nets. He'd been out because of a torn meniscus. Bradley Beal's been dealing with a strained hamstring, but he's good to go tonight to play against the Knicks after missing five games. And former Celtics player and head coach Chris Ford passed away at the age of 74. A couple of baseball notes. Red Sox signed outfielder Adam Duvall to a one-year deal. Mets signed outfielder Tommy Pham to a one-year contract. Doug, back to you.
4: Hmm. Uh, Just don't add him to your fantasy league, right? (laughs) Correct. Correct. This is Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Dana Jeremiah is an NFL analyst. He's the co-host of Move the Six podcast, and he's the analyst on the radio for the L.A. Chargers radio network. uh it, 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 what do you think went wrong for the Chargers in Jacksonville?
9: Well, I mean, it was a series of things, Doug. You don't you don't uh, you know blow a twenty-seven to nothing lead without you know more than one thing being an issue. But you know, I think really at the time when it happened, and in, in the first half when you're up twenty-seven nothing, you've got a couple minutes left, you've got a third and less than a yard, and you don't sneak it with Justin Herbert. Instead, Herbert. You know, Audible is a run play into a, a speed sweep to Michael Bandy, who's the backup to DeAndre Carter, who's the backup to Mike Williams. So you've got your third string guy run. Fumble. You fortunately get it back, but you instead of being able to run out the rest of the half and go up twenty seven nothing into the locker room, you had a punt and they get a touchdown, and it's just. That was kind of the, the start of it, and you kind of got the sense at that point in time, okay, now it's a three-score game. Chargers get the ball coming out. If they go three and out or you know, don't get any points on this first drive and the Jags score, you kind of start getting that inevitable feeling and you start getting a little bit tight.
4: Um, okay. Um, how much of the blame throughout the season for, like, the, the third quarter? Score scored one touchdown in the third quarter all year. Is, is that why Joe Lombardi got fired?
9: Well, I think, you know, that's one of uh, you know it's a pretty damning stat, obviously. But I think even more so than that, they they can't run the ball. They're not physical. Um, and when you can't do that, not only does it put a lot of pressure on your quarterback, your play-action game stinks because it's not really married together. You don't really have much of a run threat. And then, you know, when you're trying to salt games away and put them away, you can't run the football. I mean, if you can run the football in that game, even though the fact they didn't score – you know, a touchdown in the second half, man, if they're, if they're just running the football and chewing up clock, there's only so many possessions. You know, if you get a couple field goals here or there, they're just not going to have enough possessions to come back and win the football game. But they can't run it. So they've got to find an offensive coordinator that can get this team to play more physically at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, they've got to figure out a way to get some of that run game going and then marry it with the pass game. I think, you know, all the complaints about dink and dunk and no shots down the field a lot of times, you know, you get your vertical shots off play-action, and your play-action game ain't good. So um, that, that, to me, is kind of all boils down to the fact that we have a change there.
4: Mm-hmm. Stuck Gottliebs show here on Fox Sports Radio. Who is the right guy to to be in Justin Herbert's ear for him to get more out of, uh, out of his marvelous talents?
9: Well, you know, I had this talk with somebody the other day, and, uh, you know, I, I I think he can play in any system. Uh, I really do. But in terms of what suits him best or what I would like to see him in, you know, Justin, one thing he does really, really well is he can drive the football. And I I think about the, you know, the Shanahan-McVay system where you've got some of that play action, you've got stretch, where you've got clear sight lines, where you're not having to make quite as many layer throws. I mean, those are difficult throws for anybody i just i I think you saw it with the misfire to keenan um really two of them down in the red zone that would have been touchdowns i i like that offense because it's going to get him it's going to move the launch point and it's going to get him in a situation where he can throw those over the top deep balls um he's also going to be able to drive the ball with clear sight lines um and maybe not ask quite as much of him from terms of you know trying to layer the football that's a little more challenging
4: Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um okay, let, let's let's get to some of the other stuff going on. What do you think of the Arizona Cardinals, gentlemen draire?
9: Uh I know Monty going back to my scouting days. We used to be on the road together. He's really sharp. He's a good dude. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of looking at the Patriots. You know, background and saying, "Oh gosh, I hope he's not going to try and duplicate that." And I know he said we're going to have the Cardinal way, kind of a takeoff of the Patriot way. Um, I, I would, you know, rather look at his time in Tennessee, um, and those are New England guys: John Robinson, who was his boss there, came from New England. Mike Rabel obviously, played in New England, but I thought Tennessee did it a little differently. But they still had an identity uh, as a real tough, physical. Kind of uh, beat you up type of uh, a team, and they've been good every year. You know, I know they fired John Robinson, but they've been to the playoffs a bunch. Uh, I think that kind of toughness is what he's trying to bring to that team. And look, you can you can't look at what he said any other way. When he said, you know, ego will not be tolerated here. I mean, that's a direct message to your starting quarterback. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. I, I prefer, as Bucky was uh, was saying the other day on our podcast, I pre- prefer the word selfish. Versus ego, because, as you know, Doug, every great player you've ever been around your whole life, they all have egos. But it's just a difference about, about whether you're selfish or not.
4: No question about it. Dan Jeremiah, Move the Sticks to the podcast, NFL Network, and of course the Chargers radio analyst joins us. Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio, live in the Tyrac.com studios. You, you know, I did, did you hear Aaron Rodgers on with Pat McAfee? I did not. Okay, good. I, I have some of the sound for you. Okay, I have some of the sound for you. And this is first Aaron Rodgers um, when he was asked about the possibility of playing for a different team. If they want to go younger and, and think Jordan's ready to go, then then that might be the way
5: they want to go. And if that's the case and I still want to play, then there's only one option, right? That's to play somewhere else. Um, you know, if it's not, and they, you know, like, no, no, we, we still want you to play and, you know this and that, then it'd have to be, uh, you know, the right situation with the roster. It looks like we can can win it all because there's no point coming back if you don't think you can win it all.
4: Why would he think they wouldn't want him back?
9: (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess just the way that it's ended recently, um, they might, maybe he thinks they're ready to just kind of, turn the page and, and uh kind of reset a little bit as an organization. You've got these young groups of receivers. The last thing you want to have happen if you're the Packers is for, you know, Aaron to come back and there's more slippage and you're not gonna you're not gonna win a championship and then you kind of missed out on your opportunity to evaluate and know what you have in Jordan Love. And then Aaron rides off into the sunset just as Jordan Love leaves your organization, you don't know if he's any good or not. So I think that's probably why he's saying that. Hmm.
4: Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I think he he's leveraging them to get a little bit more of what he wants in terms of personnel. Right? Yeah. He's, well, I they mean, can't
9: give him any more money. They gave him all that.
4: No, I, that, that's the whole thing. Like you don't want him back. Like why would he be giving you all that money if we didn't want you to play quarterback for for two <laughs> years? It doesn't make doesn't make any sense at all. How concerned should the Bills be considering their performance against Skylar Thompson led uh, Miami Miami this past weekend?
9: Well, you know, I think we talked about it last week. There was a little bit of concern going into that game just with, you know, how emotional it was the week before um, in in the game that they had, and you get the kick returns, and, you know, that's pretty draining. I thought, okay, you've got the big uh, game that's that's just around the corner. You know you've probably got a a rematch with Cincinnati coming, Um, and then here you've got the Dolphins rolling in here with their third-string quarterback. I thought there was a chance there would be a little bit of a letdown, but man, I didn't think that you know you'd have Josh turn the ball over so much and putting the ball on the ground. That was probably more of a concern to me than the fact that you know Skylar Thompson was able to get some things going offensively. They they cannot turn it over. They've got to play a clean game um, against the Cincinnati Bengals because that's uh, that's a different that's a different group they're going to see this week.
4: Bengals are very fortunate that Tyler Huntley tried to go over the top instead of you know the old bush push, which everybody else is doing around the goal line. Uh, afterwards, J.K. Dobbins was. I mean, critical of the play calling, that's Greg Roman. And then, honestly, critical of Huntley saying we would have won if we had Lamar Jackson. And, and, and both are fair criticisms in private. What do you? I mean, you've been in that organization. You know everybody in that building. How do you think they're taking it that J.K. Dobbins, who, he's been hurt. Now, that's not fun of his own. But he's yeah. the one saying things that should not be said in front of the camera. He's saying them out loud.
9: Yeah, it and uh I would just say, Doug, that from my time in that organization and knowing people there, you you might be kinda of surprised at this answer, but I think in some ways they kinda of like it, you know. I even in draft meetings in there. Arguments and, you know, things getting intense And passion and all that stuff, that's the way they that's the way they work. That's the way they do business. They they want they want those types of guys. They want guys that are a little bit you know, have a chip, a little edge, a little push it, you know, push it past that that point because you say, Oh, there's you know, there's being competitive and then they're saying stuff you shouldn't say. But, you know, look at the players that they've had there over the years, all the great players they've had, from Ed to Ray Lewis, uh, you know, to Suggs. Like, they, they were kind of envelope pushers and uh, very passionate, and when that happens, you get those types of people, you're probably going to go across the line and say stuff that most people don't say. I honestly think they, not only do they not care, I think they in some ways kind of like it. Okay. Do they like how Lamar Jackson is handling this thing? Now I, I don't know what the heck happened with him not being at the game. Has that been, has Harbaugh given Supposedly an answer sick. on that?
4: Supposedly he was sick.
9: OK, well, there you go. Well, I, yeah, I did not have an answer at the time. I thought him not being there was a really bad look. Um, not playing is one thing, um, you know, and I talk to people around the league about that injury and they'll tell you, you know, it's no joke. It's, it's not like he's, you know, he's just totally you know, bailing on them purely for contract reasons. It's a real it's a real injury. It's not a normal injury. So I, I don't bang on guys for not playing with that, but not showing up at the game really bothered me until you, you gave me that information.
4: Again, that was the story. I don't believe he released it. that's what RG3 said, and I think it's been said on social media that he he was sick. I mean, even then, you can get yourself to that game and be
9: on the sideline. In a if box you or get away yeah. from everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that's, uh, that's the thing. That, that's of all the stuff that's gone I mean, on, and that bothered me probably more than any of the other stuff. Uh, it,
4: it appears... It appears, based upon, again, all of his tweets and Instagram and everybody's reaction that he wants Deshaun Watson plus
9: $1, right?
4: That's what yeah, he wants.
9: Yeah. How does this go in Baltimore? You know, I've kind of stuck to what I've said for a long time on this. I thought they would want to drag this out as long as they could, um, year to year, play it year to year. Um. And, and I, I still feel that way. I think there's a chance he's back there. I just don't think it'll be a, a long term commitment. And I think that the the trade thing I would I would, you know, be be in the camp that I could, you know, see that happening a lot more so than I could have previously. I before I like you know, you can't you don't have an an alternative um that would be ready to go, that you could you know, be a playoff caliber team. And now I'm to the point where it doesn't look like this relationship's in a great spot. I don't think that they want to go all the way in. And I think he knows that, and that's the breaking point. And so I would not be surprised at all if that was, uh, that was the end of it there.
4: But in order to trade him, that means somebody else has to want to give him that contract. Is there another team that would give somebody him that
9: contract? Will. Huh? Yeah, somebody will. Somebody will. I mean, like, if you're a team that's, you know, I'll give you the Jets as an example. Um You know Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. This is their year. They they have they have to win this year. So if you say we're going to trade for him and we're going to pay him all this money, you tell your owner we want to pay him all this money. um, What's the downside? You know if it doesn't work out, you're all going to be gone anyways. So you know you want to try and get the most talented quarterback in that building that you can to go try and you know make a push and, and get into the postseason. And a team like that that has a really, really good defense, and now if you get a, a motivated, healthy Lamar Jackson that can run around make some plays and you've got some playmakers um, already on that team, you know, with Brees Hall being healthy and, and Garrett Wilson, and you're like, okay, now you can, you can see that working. Dana Jeremiah is our guest. Move the Sticks is the podcast.
4: He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Eagles-Giants. Woo! What a rivalry <laughs> it has been and as much as we want to push aside the, the giants is like who really believes in the giants i mean look you got brian Dable and saquon barkley and decent on the other side of the ball meanwhile the eagles you know look you didn't have jalen hurts and you kind of you know petered out down the stretch but you got a week off the last time we saw jalen hurts in the playoffs it wasn't good what do you expect this weekend
9: I think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, I think it's it's probably an opponent that the Eagles are not super psyched about playing, um, you know, for how good their defensive front is with the Giants and having a mobile quarterback. It's uh you know, they're, they're kind of a nightmare to deal with and there's no fear factor there. Now, Philadelphia can be a pretty intimidating environment, especially in the playoffs. That place will be rocking. Um, the Giants are, uh, are very familiar with it. And, um, I think they're kind of relishing this opportunity. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. It's just a thats a dangerous group right now with the Giants. Cowboys,
4: Niners, a lot of history and tradition there. I, I know that Brock Purdy's played well, but as we've seen even from Jalen Hurts in the playoffs last year, it's a different game when you're in the playoffs. How do you think he does against the Dallas defense? It's pretty good.
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm anxious to see how Dallas plays it because – they just rushed four pretty much against Tom Brady and just got after that offensive line. You know, Can they can they do the same thing against a much better offensive line in San Francisco? And then on their side of things, they came out chucking it against Seattle. Um, I would imagine with the pass rush uh, that the Cowboys have and how the 49ers just kind of beat them up in the playoffs last time they met, I would imagine it's the opposite approach where they come out and try and use Christian McCaffrey, Debo, as runners and try and run it down their throats, at least to try and slow down that pass rush. But uh, that, to me, is the whole game. If the Cowboys get the type of pressure on Purdy that they got on Tom Brady, they've got a shot to go up there and get that one.
4: Bills, Chiefs, we, we didn't see – I mean, seeing Bills, uh, Bengals, we only saw a little going back a couple weeks ago on Monday night. What do we see this weekend?
9: Well, you know, you feel a lot better about it from the Bengals' standpoint if they didn't get just crushed with O-line injuries. But I said to somebody the other day that Joe Burrow is kind of entering into Tom Brady territory for me where you can analyze playoff games and this, that, or the other. But, you know, when Brady was in New England, you just go, I don't know, I don't feel good about picking against Brady in the playoffs. Like, Burrow just kind of has that refuse to lose uh quality to him that he's just gonna find a way. I trust him to play maybe a little cleaner game than Josh Allen, but uh you know that's gonna be challenging for them uh you know not having that offensive line at full strength but good for them that uh you know the Bills don't have Von Miller uh from his injury earlier this year. That would have been a tough matchup for him.
4: Awesome stuff. DJ enjoy the weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk soon.
9: Appreciate it, bud.
2: See ya.
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Doug Gottlieb
4: Show, Fox Sports Radio. Good to have Dan Byer back. Let's make him work. Here comes the press. The press.
6: Doug, it's an interesting day in the National Football League. Not tons of news, but we're going to hear from Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, in just a little bit. And some interesting exchanges going on between he and uh, reporters earlier today in L.A. But first, some good news when it comes to Bill's safety. DeMar Hamlin, head coach Sean McDermott, says that Hamlin now is at the team's facility almost daily, that they're taking it slow. But he continues his recovery so some good news for DeMar Hamlin as he continues to try to get back into a routine. Not taking part in meetings yet, but just slowly trying to get back into everything.
4: Have, have we ever heard on what, a, what his prognosis is, lifestyle-wise, if he, they think he can play football again, any no, of that stuff?
6: I have not heard. And Me you know, Me I'm not, not sure when we will or you know, what's going to happen, but yeah, I've not heard that word yet. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley speaking with reporters today and doing so when he was asked this by the LA
8: Times' Bill Plaschke.
2: Brandon, you feel you were outpoked by Peterson and how much did that lead to the
8: walls? I thought it was a tight game. I thought that for a half, you know, I thought I wouldn't say that, that was the case for a half. You know, I think at the end of the game, you know, that team that we were playing showed a lot of fight, a lot of resilience. I thought it was a high-quality game uh, against two teams that are, are both young and hungry. Um, and so I thought it was just a high level game all the way around.
6: I don't know if you could hear because Plasky was in Anaheim when he asked the question. Um, my bad <laughs> oh, for not preview, previewing the sound. Jacket in box. <laughs> hey, um, but asked if he was uh, out coached. That was the uh, the response with Brandon Staley.
4: Um, the the only part he got himself in trouble. He's like, well, I think for one half, like, yeah, that's not how it works, Brandon. I hate to be that guy, like, or yeah. if it is the case wrong half to outcoach the guy
6: also also are you really being are you really out coaching someone when the other team is turning the football over you know with four interceptions five times in the game like no that is not out coaching that is hey we turn the ball over now we got to cash in yep. i think out coaching is when you know there's no turnovers you know things are fairly even but they got a lot of advantages and for him to say that, I just think it, you know, clearly misses the mark.
4: I think he missed the mark as well.
6: Yes, um, but
4: I think I, listen, I think in the totality of it, it wasn't. Especially when you consider so many other things, so many other comebacks that have happened, and you know, nobody's pointed out. I know it was the it's the Jaguars as opposed to the Chiefs, but we saw this from the Texans. We've seen it from other teams. It sucks, but he just he missed the mark with it. that, that there was an add on to what he was saying. Um, which the easy answer is, yes, I got out coached, but that's where your ego gets the best of you. And you want to go like, Hey, it wasn't me. It wasn't me.
8: Yeah, that was, that was something. How about his job security? I am aware of the speculation, you know, cause I have to be briefed of it, you know, and, and I do have a family. So I understand that, um, that cares about me, but I was not worried about that because I know what goes on here on a day-to-day basis.
4: I have a family image, but I think the point about family is kids in school, people are talking about it. I will say that it's kind of interesting when the Chargers were not just first in L.A., but when they were in San Diego, no one talked about them. Now everybody's talking about them, just not in a positive light, even though they won 10 games.
6: Hey. You're right. People are talking. Uh, how yes. about one more one
8: more from, uh, from Staley and talking about his team's resilience this year? We're the team over two years that have come back. We're the ones that have made the comebacks. We're the ones this season that had to fight to come back. And so when I say it's different, it is different. If it were the same, then we wouldn't have made the postseason. We wouldn't have, at 6-6, six and six, won four consecutive games to earn the top wildcard spot.
4: La La Land. I think that's fair. I think that's fair.
8: It did
6: come back after the heartbreak from last year.
4: You know, the, the, the other part to it is, is this. It's like it's, people do this with the Clipper curse. They're like, oh, the Clipper curse. The Clipper curse used to be you draft Andy Manning and his knee blows up. Right? You draft Randy Woods and he stinks. Or Bo Kimball. The Clipper curse now is he can't get out of the second round. A little bit different. That that's what he's saying. What were you gonna say, Ramos?
7: Doug, do you think that they go over? You know how when they have a, a debate uh, for presidents, they always have like a mock debate where somebody stands in for the other person. And they ask them questions and they answer. No, I don't it. think they do. You think that Brandon just goes out there and that's all off the cuff? Like no? No, one's I pre- think
4: he. I think he preps for it. I think he preps for it, but I don't think he. Again, I I just I think he's a, he's still a little defensive. Yes. You know, and he's he's too prideful. I mean, you don't lose anything if you just go like you know. Like, look, man, we did some things that I—it I, it falls on me. I screwed up. We made a change on offense, but ultimately, it is—I it is responsible. And I know if it doesn't improve, I'm probably gonna have to find another job. Like, no, no one's gonna—you're not gonna get fired for that. You're not gonna lose equity within the in the locker room for it if you're if you're self-deprecating. He just doesn't appear to have that gene, which is weird.
6: How about some news on the Minnesota Vikings? Vikings GM Quesi Adolfo Menza said their expectation is that quarterback Kirk Cousins will be back in Minnesota next season. Cousins entering the final year of his contract. What's even more interesting is Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell declined to say whether defensive coordinator Ed Donatel would return next season, saying right now they are in evaluation mode.
4: That doesn't sound good, right? Will he be back next year? We're in evaluation mode. Ooh. That feels like, you know, try that with, again, try that with your girlfriend. Are you guys going to get married? We're in evaluation mode. Uh, <laughs> Enter
6: evaluation mode. And Donna, you are fired. That's how I feel like evaluation mode is. It's some sort of robotic computer thing. They need something. They need changes. I think the future is bright in Minnesota with Kevin O'Connell. But there are changes that uh, are going to have to to be made no question and uh finally Doug couple of other coaching news Vic Fangio the former Broncos head coach interviewing with the Falcons for their defensive coordinator position Falcons uh excuse me the Jets interviewing Nathaniel Hackett for their offensive coordinator position
4: mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of talk could he go back to the Packers uh, no I'm not gonna say he couldn't hack it with the but I did say it that's the that's the press Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. All right, got a college hoops picker, two for you in the bonus podcast. Speaking of podcasts, the All Ball podcast is killing it with numbers. Uh, Shaka Smart Part 1 is out there. We'll drop Part 2, I think, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Get you ready for the games. It's getting closer. It's tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.